Welcome to Just a Thought with your host, Mark Short. I'm Mark Short, and this is Just a Thought. Well, I want to welcome you back to the second part. First time I think we've ever done this, but the second part of my Just a Thought last week that is now going to be completed this week. So I guess it's Just a Thoughts, plural. Uh, One thought with two different uh, parts to it, because this part is just so good in in addition to what we started last week, talking about uh, the spirit of generosity and that word generous and and the way that God wants all of us as his sons and daughters to be versus greedy and selfish and, and you know, I want mine, I got to get a hold of mine, and I don't want nobody to get more than me. That's just not the kind of spirit God is is needing from his children or looking for or wanting, I can assure you. And we kind of established all that last week. So if you missed last week, go back and listen to it and then come back and listen to this week's podcast and you, it'll all fit together, I, I promise you. But we, we began talking about a scripture that God had given me several years ago when we were in Branson, Missouri, that is from Proverbs eleven twenty five that says, He that refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I just changed the wording. I, I put, He that is generous will uh, with others will himself see generosity. And I shared the testimony of how God has all through the years been that way with Lisa and I, our family, our ministry, our finances, every area of our life. God's been so good to us, so generous with us. And to just receive those things and then not be, you know, kind of like be a reservoir, not a channel to which God can then uh, allow those blessings he's blessed you with to flow to others in generous ways, to me is just wrong because that's just not who God is. He He's a generous God. He wants us to be his generous people because, folks, we live in a world that is eat up with greed, and it's, it's literally eating our world alive, and we need to change that, especially if we're Christians. But, um, As I ended the program last week, the podcast last week, the spirit we possess, it really should represent the God we serve. And if you know God at all, you know that generosity, not greediness, describes him very well. So there's a woman in the Bible, and here's where I left off, because this this is just so good. This paints the picture, really, that I want, want to see painted, and then from her story. Uh, there's several thoughts I want to convey real quickly today, but there's a woman in the Bible that I, I never really looked at as having the spirit of generosity. But when you read her story, you see that she literally personifies what we're talking about today, as well as what we were talking about last week. The woman was Rebecca, who became the wife of Isaac and the daughter-in-law of Abraham. Her single act of generosity, which introduces her to us in scripture, completely changed her life as well as others. Now let me let me make a point here. The difference between success and significance is in discovering the joy of giving your time, your talent, and your treasure. Let me say that again. Don't miss that. That is the preeminent thought of our thought today. The difference between success, which everybody's looking for success. Everybody wants to be successful in every area of their life, probably. But the difference between success and significance is in discovering the joy of giving your time, your talent, and your treasure. Whatever God has entrusted you with, 
can change your life and touch countless others. And whether you know it or not, that's what he intends. The chief servant of Abraham, who was sent to find a bride for Abraham's son Isaac, approached Rebekah. But just before she arrived at the well where she was getting water, the servant prayed a prayer. You can read that prayer in Genesis, the 24th chapter, verses 12 through 15. And what he prayed would definitely weed out those who would fit the bill. Because what he was asking God to do was put in the heart of a young woman a spirit that was so generous, she would not only offer him water, but also his camels. So what's the big deal? He had 10 camels, each which could drink 20 gallons of water. Now let's look at the bottom line. And here's the point I really wanted to take the time to make this week that I would have rushed through last week because I want you to get this. Okay, so here's the deal. He had 10 camels. Every one of those camels could drink 20 gallons of water. 10 camels at 20 gallons each. That's 200 gallons. 200 gallons drawn with a five-gallon jar would make 40 trips to the well. 40 trips at conservatively three minutes. And you got to know it probably took longer than that. Each equals two hours. What seemed like a simple offer of kindness would have taken Rebecca at least two hours to fulfill. That's generosity. Generosity, true generosity says, I'll do what you asked me to do. Then I'm going to do something more. The prevailing attitude of too many people today is more like, I'm going to do the least that is expected to me, and I'm going to try to get out of most of that. (laughs) People everywhere want something for nothing. They want to give minimum effort for maximum payment. They have a least mentality, which means I just want to do the least I have to to get the most I can. Now, a couple of things that we can learn from generosity about Rebecca. First of all, you can't be generous and legalistic at the same time. People who are legalistic have a hard time being generous. The religious leaders of Christ's day really brought this to light. They were so bent on keeping the law that they couldn't see that someone being helped on the Sabbath could be right or good. Generosity doesn't always make sense to the person who lives according to a budget whether it's budgeting their time, their talent, or their treasure. Second thing we learn is you can't walk the second mile until you've walked the first. It's easy for people to talk about the great and generous things they intend to do in the future, but if they're not generous with what they have now, then it's very unlikely they'll suddenly change in the future. Rebecca started her service by first doing what was asked. She gave the stranger a drink. She then cared for the camels. Likewise, we need to start by giving right now what we have and can offer to whoever's in front of us that has need. Not waiting for our ship to come in someday far down the future when we when you know when we get ours. Folks, God needs us to be generous now so he can release us into our destiny. I remember There was a a young man that I ran into at the post office one day when we were pastoring in Southwest City, and they had gone to the church when we first started pastoring there, I mean, like early on, the first few months, and then all of a sudden, they just stopped coming. They disappeared, and I, I checked on them. They always said, oh, we're doing fine and whatever, but time kept going, and they just didn't come. So I ran into the post office, and I mean, by this time, it had been maybe nine months 
maybe even a year, and I hadn't given up on them, but I, I knew better than to just, you know, harass them and bug them to death. If, you know, they were smart people, if they wanted to be at church, they were going to be there. But anyway, I ran into them and I, I said, hey, and I called this individual and I said, I just wanted you to know, man, we love you. We miss you. We miss you and your family and hope that everything's going well. And, and he said, hey, you know, pastor, he said, you know, I, I need to apologize. He said, you know, I we kind of ran on to some hard times and we had a lot of bills to pay. And he said, I, I just didn't feel like I had enough money to be able to pay my tithes. And I just didn't want to be a hypocrite. And so he said, I just determined until I could pay my tithes, we weren't going to come to church. But as soon as uh, you know we get caught up on everything and, and, and I can pay tithes again, we're going to be there. I said to myself, I, I well, no, I didn't. I said to him, I'll be honest. I said to him, I said, no, you won't. And he looked at me and he said, what? I said, serving God isn't just about paying tithes. I said, it's about loving the Lord no matter what you have or don't have, what you can give or what you can't give. And I said, if you want to be in church, you won't let not being able to pay your tithe right now keep you from coming to church. And I said, just because you don't have everything you think you need to give, I'm sure you have something that you could probably give to the Lord and he would see it as sufficient for this time. Now, I don't know theologically if that matches up with you and everyone else that might be listening in, but I was just trying to convey to him, if you're letting something like that keep you out of church, your inability to be generous according to your definition, the devil will convince you of any number of things that will keep you out of church and literally out of a relationship with God. Folks, you got to begin to walk this out and just do what you can with what you have and do it now. Don't wait, you know, because if you're waiting for your ship to come in, it may never come in. And you may never get to that place where you can truly be generous. And God needs you to be generous now, not down the road now. He wants to release you into the destiny he has for you. There's always an overflow from generosity that blesses not only the lives of those who are generous, but also the lives of those around the generous. When we give of our time and talent or treasure, you know, the impact of our generosity often outlives us. In the moment of giving, you cannot imagine how your actions might impact the lives of others in the future. Imagine what the world would be like if Michelangelo had said, you know, I don't do ceilings. Or Noah had said, I don't do boats. Moses could have said, I don't do Red Seas. David could have said, I don't do giants. Mary could have said, I don't do virgin births. John the Baptist, I don't do baptisms. Paul could have said, I don't do letters. And Jesus could have said, I don't do crosses. But each one of those, if you know their story and if you've read the Bible, you know their lives other than Michelangelo. You know that they were about giving what God had put in them to give and do what God had had called them to do and do it generously. A lifestyle of generous giving will outlive you here on earth and into eternity. Someone's life is waiting to be changed by your generous spirit. Giving them a part of you might 
change them not only for the now, it could change them for all eternity. I pray that God would give us, as His church and as His people, a generous spirit that will make us help us make a difference in the world that we live in day after day. Folks, God needs this spirit in His people today in the midst of all the self-centered, self-entitled greediness of people all around us that we come into contact with, that we work with, that we live around. We need somebody to show an example in all of these places of what generosity God-like generosity looks like. You know, a spirit of generosity will help us reach our world. And the devil knows it. That's why he hates generous people. That's why he's trying to keep us of a greedy mindset in respect to, you know, I just don't know if I have enough to give. I better keep this to myself. I had to deal with that a little bit uh, early on in the first church we pastored in a little town called Mead, Kansas, Southwest Kansas. We were there for almost five years. I started at 21 years old, I believe, 22. That's how young I was as a senior pastor in a little church, 30 people, not to mention any names or anything, but there was a little bit of a spirit of, of uh, greediness, how do I want to put it, you know, the, the guy that was the the church uh, treasure there for a number of years, probably served in that position too long. And he began to kind of act like and I guess think that the monies that he was over that belonged to the church were really his. And so when I at first, I learned early on, uh, even though they wanted us to succeed and to, to be significant in that community as a church, I learned that I to get anything done, especially in the financial arena, I might have to go around him somehow to get it done. But I learned how, and we got a lot of things done. And uh I, I knew that that church would always be held back until we broke that spirit of, of greediness and selfishness when um, I asked if we could uh, if we could give more monthly giving to missionaries in support of missionaries. We had two missionaries we supported every other month. I don't even remember now what we gave is. $25 or $50 or something. It wasn't very much. And I asked if we could we, we could give to a third missionary or we could increase the giving of those other two because I knew that our church would be blessed. The more we were able to generously give, the more God would generously give to us and bless us. But this treasure, he said, oh, I don't think we, you know, that if we give it to them, then we won't have enough or we won't have as much as we need. I knew that wasn't true. I knew that all our needs were met, I, even though the church wasn't, you know, the biggest. I mean, we only had 30 people at the time we started, and then we grew to 75 people. And of course, with that grew our finances. And so I knew there was money in place, but he had that mentality that we got to get all we can. We got to keep hold of it. We can't let go of any of it. But finally, and and anytime he was like that, if I wanted to give more to a visiting evangelist or whatever, and he'd say, oh, I don't think we can afford it. I said, well, I said, before you write out the check, I said, you see me because I'm going to give some towards that because I don't think what we're giving is enough. And once he saw that as an established pattern and realized I was going to give more whether the church did or not, he finally kind of relented and began to open up and, and offer a little bit more towards our missionaries, towards our evangelists. And when he did, our church 
benefited, and we were even more blessed. And God generously gave back to our church because we generously gave to others. Said all that to say this, we live in a world that is looking for everything they can get. I want to be a person in that world that's looking to be, a, be, to be able to give all I can give. And that's not just financially. People need time. They need attention. They need care and love and kind words and respect and all all kinds of things that will bless them, minister to them, and help them every bit as much as money. Folks, we need to be a generous people because we serve a generous God in a in a world that isn't always very generous when it comes to certain things that need to be not only given, but received. You know why I like to give love generously? Because I need love generously. You know why I like to be kind to others? Because I need kindness in my life to be shown to me at given times. See what I'm saying? That's my thought. It's been a two-week thought, and I, I hope I haven't drawn it out too too much or too long but I, I just wanted I want us to get a picture I hope we all have a Rebecca spirit about us that not only are we willing to give a drink to the stranger but we'll give a drink to the camels to the community to whoever we need to if that's what it takes to fulfill the will of God and do what God's called us and destined us to do well there it is that's my two-week thought that I bring to an end this week we'll see where we go next week as we get into another month March will be here and uh, man this year's already clipping along isn't it listen I love you I appreciate you tuning in listening into our podcast from week to week I hope Hope you have a wonderful, generous week. And I mean that in respect to I hope you will go out and be generous with others and then you'll see the generosity of God back in your life as you need to. Be blessed. Till next week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Just a Thought with your host, Mark Short. If you have any questions, comments, or have any prayer requests that Mark can pray over, please email him justathoughtmark at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe and catch new episodes each and every week.